It's our professionalism you respect the most. I'm moving the microphone back and forth. This is an old Ian Mackay trick. I'm sure he wasn't the first to do it. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't sound any different I'm at all. I'm moving my mouth back and forth. Can you hear the face? Wow. Relationship changing. Is that how they did that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Aside from doing going off track, Brad Worrell is a professional audio producer. <laughs> he knows how to make sound. And sound effects specialist. Wow. Were you in Police Academy? <laughs> uh, Jonah Bear, his band was just touring. We were. We played four shows. United Nations. United Nations. And uh, it was fun. Um, best moment was when we played House of Blues in Atlantic City. And in between every song, some guy kept yelling, Fuck you, bring out Circa. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, he was on the other side. I didn't hear it, but everyone was talking about it. And he was getting so mad. Like every time Jeff would like start to say something like interesting, this guy would just like, was like turning red. Just like, bring out Circa. It's like, dude, like there's us and then... A life once lost is going to play, and then circa. Like we're not going to be like, oh, they're just waiting. Like, okay, we'll get off stage. We're, we're inconveniencing you. Did he, make, did he make it? Like maybe he didn't make Dude, it all the way. I, I don't know if he made it. But it's like, do you know how things? It's like when people request songs sometimes, and you're like, you know, bands make set lists. Like they're not just like, I hope someone shouts out, or we're not going to know what to play. Oh my. Like I feel like people there can be such a disconnect with the audience. I mean, but, that, that guy would have I would have made it a point to, once I got off stage to go get a drink and stand next to him for the next band. Just, <laughs> fucking just hate, that drives me insane. That yeah. kind of shit. And it's like, dude, our set is twenty minutes long. <laughs> like I think you can make it. Like go get an overpriced drink. Yeah, I think you guys are being mean. This guy planned his whole evening <laughs> to see Circus survive. But he was going to turn it early. <laughs> And he wanted them to come out on his schedule. He had a timetable. Right. He was going to turn into a fucking pumpkin. Yeah. He he, <laughs> he bought that ticket. He doesn't know your band. He didn't know no, the other band. No, it's true. I th- I th- listen, and that's a very small thing. The other shows were great. And I want to say the other <laughs> bands that we played with, Circa, obviously, but um, this band Black Clouds and Old Lines, who we played a couple shows with, and um, Braille, uh, were all awesome bands. You should check out. They're all really good. Please tell me that Braille, they don't sound like anything. Um, <laughs> you guys just kind of feel them out. Right on. That's where we were going with it. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Jeff and Quinn from The Used. They have a new record out there on the Take Action Tour. They're great dudes. We haven't talked to them in a long time. And I think, please correct me, gentlemen, is this our first guitar-bassist combination on the program? Guitar-bassist. We've had a lot of rhythm sections. We have. I don't think we've had the, yeah. the not rhythm section. The string section. <laughs> it's the string section. I don't know section. what you would it call it. It is the string it. section. Yeah. Does that work out? Yes. The used touring with a full symphonic orchestra. Um, I don't even know if we entered the show. Hey, it's going off track. Stephen, Jonah, and Brad. But if you're listening, if you've gotten this far, you probably know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you don't, and you're like, what is this guy talking about? I'm going to say it again in a second. It'll be in this, this awesome sound effect graphic that That's involves true. a train. I was literal. Here it comes. <laughs> so here it is. Jeff and Quinn from The Used, Going Off Track. Check it out. Going off track! So we must begin by saying that in the studio now are two gentlemen who basically gentlemen. began my one of, part of my interview career. Those were the first bands I ever talked to way back when I was on Fuse. That's right. And it was at... Um, when you had bedbugs. When I had bedbugs many, many moons ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have Quinn and Jeff from the used here. And I believe we we're trying to figure this out. We've had a few rhythm sections here. Had, but I think this is our first guitar and bass combo on the still podcast. Rhythm. Yeah, Stringers. still rhythm. We, we're string vibrators more than anything. Yeah. So basically, I'm surrounded by guitar players because Brad and Jeff <laughs> play guitar. So this is just all going to devolve into pedals. And what kind of pedal yeah. are you using? The octave Or the... <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I, I like fuzz. Yeah, I like fuzz too. Actually, <laughs> fuzz is genius. I don't even know what that means. What the hell does that mean? Fuzz, fuzz. <laughs> it's like kind of like wa- waveform distortion, yeah. smooth distortion. Yeah, is it really seventies distortion? Is it really? It's muffy, kind yeah. of like it's muffy. Yeah. Muffy. Yeah. muffy? Is fuzz too, so muffled it's, distortion. It's, it's fuzzy. <laughs> Muff. Because Quinn, you produce a picture? lot too, so you have to keep track of all these sounds. I think Brad's a producer. I, I've recorded some things, you know, I've recorded one, you know, I, I got really ambitious and finished a project, you know, for another band, that Eveline yeah, I remember. band in my house. Mm. But other than that, it's just been demo stuff, you know. Really? 
But I think over time, yeah, we've kind of whatever happened. We've learned to communicate the language of music better <laughs> than we did. Yes, back in the day. Now, how did how did you guys get started? Um, we got started. I I I met these guys because I had put a or no, they had put an ad in a music store that was said, "Hey, we're looking for a guitar player called David." And you know, and I call them like, "Is David there?" And they're like, "Oh, it's it it." Oh. Yeah, this is David. Um, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, so they were trying to kick their guitar player out of the band that they had, and they yeah. didn't want him to know, and it was probably him that answered. Uh. And so I, they, so I just fatefully found a band looking for a guitar player. We met up. Then we actually gave up everything singer. to interrupt. He gave up everything. He just left his house, <laughs> completely moved out of his house the day, like two days after three he days met after. us, and moved like three hours north of where he lived to live with us in a daycare. A daycare. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're really young. There's huh? going to take a lot. Of, yeah, you're, 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 <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm confused. Let's back here. up a second. Was there really a David, or David was a guitar player, and you were like... David was a made-up name just okay. to cover oh, right. up so it didn't look like we, in the shitty band we were in, were looking for another guitar player so we didn't kick out the guy that was in our band. I thought that you were saying you called the guy who you were trying to kick out, and oh. you were like, never mind. Right. I didn't. Almost, no, not, yeah. <laughs> okay, David, fictional person. Fictional. Yeah, fictional person. So yeah, just randomly that I had replied to this posting that they had at the music store so that that actually worked <laughs> now where in me. utah did you see the ad in orem in orem and where was the band um probably in orem that time yeah. okay orem, yeah. but you lived far out uh then we lived in orem okay which yeah. is about an hour south of salt lake okay yeah. and so you d- decided to join the band they mm-hmm. meet you and go this guy's great let's move into a daycare center yeah let's move far away from anything we know this is crazy though we, so we get together we um we go up we fix up this daycare center completely redo it for brandon our drummer his mom or at the time you know his his mom and then the inspector comes in he's like well the um you know the gymnasium's too close to the fence there we got to tear that out and, you know we just restained this entire gymnasium outside in the gravel and like did all the stuff, like repainted everything, and they're just like checking all the codes off, like that's not gonna pass, that's not gonna pass. So his mom's like, I can't pay you, and here's a hundred bucks, you yeah, know, for the whole story. summer. <laughs> and that was our money. We were going to go to California to, to, to shop our demo out that we were gonna try and record. So we were trying to get gas money the whole summer to go. So she said, hey, rebuild this daycare center. Once it's up to code for you guys' professional union labor. Of course. Yeah. <clears throat> Very professional. Yeah, I thought the reason you moved to the sticks of Utah was because there weren't any codes in places like that. <laughs> I think so. Like, codes are for, like, yeah. Brooklyn, uh, no. I think. There's a Mormon code. <laughs> there's, there's a wife Mormon code. An unheard Mormon code. Did you guys both grow up Mormon? But, no. 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 Actually, we're the only two that really didn't have... I mean, my grandparents are Mormon, mm-hmm. and my dad kind of grew up. Mormon family, uh-huh. but he's like black sheep. Like he didn't. Well, he was like, whatever. This is all bullshit. Got I don't it. care. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Quinn, same. Really? Yeah. My parents just fell out of it. My dad just kind of grew out of it. My grandparents were LDS and all that. And okay. Don't know much about <laughs> that. My grandpa <clears throat> and my family kind of seemed to just pop up. I have no idea where they came from. Huh? When you would like meet someone there, with could you tell like? Would they be like, Mormonism's cool, or was it just like, I'm into Zeppelin, like, would people talk about it, or is that like an active part of your life, or can it be something you're like, just kind of culturally a part of? I think it's just In Utah. Yeah. yeah. It's just, everybody, I mean, going to, okay, I was a Boy Scout, I was an Eagles, Eagle Scout, so I was super awesome when I was a kid. <laughs> what was your Eagle Scout project, Jeff? Um, and, painting and what, fire hydrants, well painting done. arrows towards the fire hydrants and all the fun stuff, yeah. My brother was an Eagle Scout. Was he really? About this, so yeah. Mm. Um, but... Going to Eagle Eagle Scout and not being a Mormon, we would go to the church, or I would go to the church. So I didn't know anybody. It was all church based, blah blah blah. But it's kind of the, it's kind of that same thing there. Like everybody is Mormon, not really, but in Utah County especially. So, yeah, there's so just a, the known degrees thing. of separation. Yeah. You know, and at both some point. boys got some Mormons don't like gays. The, the, the Mormons, I mean, especially in Salt Lake, like once you're there, like the way that it really operates is like they own the media, they own like, you know, they own all the different stores and property and land and convenience stores in the mall. And they, yeah. they own all the, you know, store hours are definitely uh, church influenced. Everything just kind of sort of sits in the background. So, I mean, I kind of like it's 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 just crazy because you have like s- people who are super devout christian um mormon christian and you know and like 
Just like I guess you might have anywhere, but you know the schools. I mean, growing up, going to school, like that. You know, seminary, which is like they'd have Mormon seminary. That it's technically not on the school property, but it's like you walk from your class to that. You know what I mean? Hmm. So everybody was going to church once a day, minus me, because I wasn't doing it, which is awesome. Because at the end of the year, I had nothing to do, which is great. But yeah, because it it's not on the school grounds. So they just make it right next to the school grounds. They just make it as close as they possibly can. You know what and I mean? And seminary is a, just a Mormon school? It's not like... It's like, I, I mean, I never went, so I really don't know. But it's definitely has to do with going that, and studying Mormonism. What was it like being... This is fascinating because you, uh, you, know, you tend to hear about Utah and lump everybody in. You know, everyone's Mormon and they're, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you guys did not grow up that way. You grew up basically kind of... You know, kind of how I grew up. My Satanist, parents were, mostly. Complete <laughs> Satanist. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't be the first in here. <laughs> wouldn't <enough>. be the <laughs> first. <clears throat> you know, where it's like, eh, yeah. you know, we don't really go to church, whatever, who cares? Um, so in school, was it inclusive? Was it like, I have friends who are Mormon, I have friends who aren't. Like, it doesn't really. Actually, not really. Mm. For me, it wasn't. <laughs> I grew up, um, I, I went to uh, Pleasant Grove Junior High School and high school. Me too. Which is like, uh, yeah, we went to the same school. What am I thinking? Um, <laughs> but you didn't know each other before the band? Mm-mm. No, not at all. Huh. Mm. We met after I, I, I left school. Yeah. So. <laughs> I saw him at the mall walking around. The popular hangout. Scared. Or walkers. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was going to say... Uh, you said school wasn't cool. They, there, was a, there was a separation between Mormon kids and... Oh, Mormon. yeah. There was definitely... It's almost like... It's even how you go to... If you're in Salt Lake now, there's your bum kid with the big beard and the you know the anchor tattoo and the riding his freestyle, his bike, you know, or whatever it's called, fixed bike, fixed gear. Um, Wait, Salt you know, Lake City is Brooklyn? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's like that. It's, and then there's like, you know, then you have your super Mormon people... So you have like a homeless youth and then you have like your missionary type, you know, wow. it's really, it's really weird. Wow. So one has tithe and one has tires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You both guys know, bearded, uh, both bearded. you know, Stormy there Shepherd you. at all? Stormy, Stormy Shepherd. She's like a booking that. agent. She, she's Stormy. Mormon and she lives in, I think she moved back to Salt Lake. I didn't know if she's still the, like. Our drummer knows her definitely. Yeah. He, she's one of the coolest people in the music business. That's cool. I, yeah. I don't think she's, I'm not sure how busy she still is, but. I've heard her name a few times and. Our drummer has been playing around for almost ten years before we even got started uh, yeah, he in Salt Lake. So he does; yeah, he knows a lot there. more people. But He's my yeah, Mormon. All right. <laughs> can you have a favorite Mormon? I think you can. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Mine's yeah. Mitt Romney. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> no, not really. Not really. Not really. Mine, not really. We know. It is Mine Mormon. Is. It is. Last. <laughs> <laughs> so my, you guys, you guys make this whopping hundred dollars. Yes. Mm. Um, Actually, do we even make that? It was the split a hundred dollars, if anything. For what? For the daycare, for, for the daycare, daycare center. center. Oh, Sorry, okay, I'm jumping right. back. Oh, right. Because no, I no, want to no, hear no. what happens. Wait, okay, first yeah. first okay, off, okay, even so. going there, like, so it was like, we want to get our band together. We want to really do this and really focus on recording and writing and get away from everybody else, right? So we pack our things. Like, Quinn, come on, join the band. We're going to move hours and hours south from anything we know. Which at the time, it seems it doesn't seem very far growing up. But back then, not owning cars and not really traveling or doing anything, it's like, Big deal, you know what I mean? So we all move up there, and we move in with, at the kindergarten, whatever daycare, mm-hmm. is Brandon, our drummer's mom's house, and move into that one room with all of their storage stuff that's just all around us. It's just packed up. And that whole idea was just to write and record and play music. Rules set in first time, as soon as we get there, you guys are too loud, first thing. You mm-hmm. can't jam at night or... After six. After six or when they're home, which... You know, it was, it was most of the time. So, so that kind of shut that down. So we have all of our amps and everything set up. You can't eat our food. Can't eat their food. <laughs> so we couldn't buy food. We prefer you to stay downstairs. <laughs> Don't play grandma's piano. Um, and, and then the you first have to work night, on that. <laughs> first night, his dad has a heart attack. Oh, yeah. Like full-on heart attack. No so the way. first night we slept there, we're, we're in the middle of the night, it's like, you know, firemen are at the front door and everything. And they were loud. <laughs> and it was past six. <laughs> Unfair. Did they, Did they play down Grandma's the piano? <laughs> First thing they did. I told <laughs> yeah, exactly. Didn't even help them. They're on the piano. Look what I can Mama's play. going out there. <laughs> Daddy's gonna have a heart attack. No, but, All I remember um, is painting that whole thing. Yeah. Painting and it was just a, and It was quite an ordeal. 
of a uh, I don't know. But Shrink yeah, so we got the, the hundred yeah. bucks. Okay, so you managed to write these. This, so you had a demo at that point, or you were writing for the demo? This was a different band completely. Okay. Yeah, this was this was the band. This yeah. was the band, but without Bert. You okay, know, this is just without Bert. So we're still just we're just getting up our you know our songs together. But did you say we need a singer, or I'm going to sing? Or? I was singing. At the you time, were singing, which is a big mistake because I played bass originally, mm-hmm. and I don't. Even, I just fell into singing on accident. Which is not the smartest, probably, way to go about singing. You got pushed into it. You Definitely. got pushed into it. <laughs> Didn't you? Didn't. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Don't hit me. So is it a trio? Or is it? It was um, quattro. It was a quattro, baby. <laughs> oh, that's an outfit. Ah, yeah. we had a different bass player. I got it. It was Joel at that time. Yeah, yeah. It was Joel. Who's really good? He's a really good bass. He's a really good musician. Period. Yeah. It's always good to get them out of the band. Yeah. Exactly. First thing we did is like... <laughs> no, it's like Steely Dan. We don't really know about you. You're going to talk about a solo career. We don't want... No. No. <laughs> uh, atonal. What's but, that? Yeah, All right. So, so this is the process. So then where did the, where did the formation of the whole band take shape? The used. Um, where the fuck did you find Bert? <laughs> um, Bert, we had just heard... Well, Bert, had, Bert had the reputation around of like being the, the best, you know? I mean, he was just like, he was in the coolest punk band, and then he was in the, all of a sudden was in this crazy hardcore band, and people were just, hardcore straight people were like band. turning away from the show, like leaving hardcore the show because it was too heavy. Like, Bert. Yeah, yeah, and he got kicked out of their last show, which I was at, which yeah. was hilarious for being stoned, <laughs> which is understandable, <laughs> being well, in a straight edge hardcore band. I remember, yeah, it's like with Bert's old band, like you go to see... I first time I ever went to see him and people I remember were like it's too it's too heavy like it's just I can't stand it. it's too much screaming it's (laughs) it's too much I walk in the front the door of the skate park turn to my left and I'm like thinking it's the guy to like take my money and I'm standing there and the guy like you know finally sees it I'm looking at him looks down at me it's Donnie Osmond he's just like hey you know (laughs) says hello to me and I'm like oh okay that's Donnie Osmond right and then you know (laughs) Because Donny Osmond's son was in the band, and I had no idea, and I'm like, what's oh, going on? Oh, I thought it was on? a thing where in Utah there always has to be an Osmond at every event. That too, that too, that's part <laughs> of it. It's, it's any kind of musical, whatever. Put them in there, they usually have the, their handout for the money. They have to bring the Christ with them somehow. So Donny Osmond's yeah. son was in the band that Bert was in. Bert was they must in. have had great gear. So they, oh, they did. It was pretty great. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, nothing, abilities were nothing, it was gear. So the <clears throat> John and I were talking about this ahead of time, and I wanted to get into it, I guess, peripherally. And so in Utah, it seems like there's a lot of straight edge people, because mm-hmm. if you're Mormon, you can't drink anyway, so might as well. Do you find that to be the case? Uh, I think I think it's that same like, you know what I mean? Like when a religion has so much push, and not even a religion, like even the government, anything has so much like grip and push, and you know what I mean. Um, there's that equal resistance to it, you know what I mean? And I think that whole straight-edge hardcore thing was the same kind of, uh, what am I trying to say? You know what I mean? Same kind of... Yeah. The reaction to it? It's hard to put that into words. Can you get that? Is that... Yeah. Uh, Jeff right now is punching his tattooed knuckles together, <laughs> yeah. which, uh, if I remember correctly, form a dagger. Oh, That's and correct. handsome at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's a lot of tattooed kids in Salt Lake. I, I think odd. that it comes to, to that. I think that kids just in Utah, they like to gather into little groups, um, you know, and to have their own little society of, you know, rules rules and everything because there's so many values and moral absolutes that are placed over everybody in Utah. You know, this is right, this is wrong, do this, You're, you know, all these things. And so I think that when people are like, well, yeah, you know, but eating meat's wrong too, mom. It's like, yeah, honey, well, the bishop's here, so you're going to eat your steak and, you know, whatever. And, and people are like, you know, fuck you forever. I'm going to join a gang. I'm going to be in straight edge and I'm not going to do drugs. And I'm going to, you know, and everybody's just there. And then they all kind of get together and everybody's just like, my parents are the same way. I can't, they don't love me. You know, there's just this huge under, under culture or subculture of I kids. So I think that that. Well, it has to do with. I was involved in straight edge when I was in Cleveland growing up. Okay. And Salt Lake always had a reputation as just being super militant and violent. Mm -hmm. Like, which was, seems kind of crazy because, like, in Cleveland, it wasn't, it was, like, supposed to be violent, but nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. People just, like, talked about stuff. But there, it's like you would always hear crazy stories, like someone gets, like, an X carved in the back of their head or Mm -hmm. something. But I wasn't, I had never experienced it. As someone from Northern Virginia where it started, (laughs) I am offended. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. It, it, it was Ian aware of the X carving. That's some kind of little threat there. <laughs> yeah, hold no, on. it's just actually more fear. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember reading an article about that, about how hardcore it got in Utah if you were straight edge, and you know, like some kid running around with a sword and crazy words. It just sounds like you know when you go so far into one area, it's like trading one set of rules for another. That was more my mm-hmm. That's yeah, about I, it, which yeah, is very interesting. I agree with that. So you guys see Bert? Yes, his band is crazy. Yeah, and then you say we need to get this guy into our band, basically. Well, he kind of disappeared for a while because he went from that and then that. Yeah, we couldn't find yeah. him. No, yeah, he went. Just rumors of like massive drugs is all I heard about him for a while. Yeah, and I then just... I saw him, and his hair was twice as long. I think drugs made his hair grow. Because <laughs> he went from like short, <laughs> short, so. short hair to like down to his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was snorting Rogaine. Yeah, actually, <laughs> wouldn't believe what that, that does to you. He took all mine. <laughs> <laughs> that was the cut. <laughs> oh, the eighties. <laughs> So, so how did you guys get Bert into the used? Um, well, this this time right here, I moved to bass finally because our bass player—I can't remember what Joel did. I think he just quit. He was just over it. This that band got whatever, just kind of demolished, and we were just like, "All right, what are we gonna do?" So it was me, Quinn, and um, Brandon. And was it you or Brandon? I think it was you that brought it up, right? Yeah, I kept saying, "Hey, we should get Bert. We should get Bert." And um, Brandon at first was like, he's disrespectful and he's a drug addict. I think we should find somebody who's like a little older, got it together, has tattoos and stuff. And, and know, we tried. Looks like Mike Actually, Ness. That seems <laughs> like a very specific criteria. <laughs> we looked too. We tried out We would so like many seriously people. go sit in coffee shops in Salt Lake for hours and wait for someone to walk in. Be like, maybe he could sing. Like Which it was is the bad, best way dude. to find people. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Desperation. Kick out the good musician. <laughs> find someone who looks like Mike Ness if you don't know he can sing or not. That's good. Okay. Keep That's going. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> we um, tried like, what, 10, 15 people? Like yeah. Maybe more than that. And I kept saying, like, let's try Bert, you know, here and there. I'm like, <laughs> let's try Bert, let's try Bert. And we had called, we had all talked about it and stuff. And then one night I was like, you know what, screw it. Let's look it up. Let's, does anyone know his number? So we open up the white pages. <laughs> I'm looking up, you know, McCracken. I'm like, mm, I think, I think it's this one. Pretty sure it's. So we called it and, you know, they, you know, his mom answered, and then I said, "Is Bert there?" And she's like, "You mean Robert?" I'm like, "Yeah, Robert." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rob. I'm not a drug buddy, so I just, you know. And then I talked to talked to him, and we met up that that following week. And I think in between that time and when we met him, we like recorded a song to have him because we yeah. knew he could scream, and we were like, "Let's write something really heavy, and then something really melodic, so that maybe he memories can, he can audition and sing something, and he can scream something." So. And we took him to rehab right after he... <laughs> yeah, we took him to his narcotics meeting. Yeah, right come after. and try to sing to a song that we wrote, and then we'll take you to rehab on the way back. <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. Crazy. Well, but Bert's doing really good. I mean, yeah. this is another thing. I mean, seeing him from at that time and seeing him now is mm-hmm. completely... It's like one of those inspiring stories that you hear mm-hmm. about all your life. You're like, a person turned their life around. Yeah. Yeah. Sober for a hundred and something days now. Hasn't right drank on. in sixty days. He's doing good. Days. Yeah, he's doing that. really well. Yeah, right on. So I remember the first time I saw you guys was I worked at the AP's booth on Warp Tour two thousand two, mm-hmm. which um, and it was crazy because I felt like you could see you guys getting bigger as the summer went on. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like that's when the videos first started coming out, and I remember it was like kind of small. And then you guys played a show in Utah that year, and it was crazy. Like, mm-hmm. so many people. And I was like, who is this band? Why are... I mean, did mm-hmm. it feel like that there was, like, a turning point around that time where things kind of started picking up for the band? I mean, obviously, we had, like, a record out on a major label already at that point. I think our, rep- our record had come out in April or June. <clears throat> first week of June or something like and that. That was O2? O2, yeah. 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 So, yeah, that summer was, like, the big setup summer. Um, I, f- I definitely noticed it, yeah. It seemed like... It, it it seemed either it was organic or it was organically happening, like, you know, through word of mouth and kids and stuff like that. But I felt like by the end of the Warp Tour that summer, we were on the main stage. Yeah, we started up <laughs> opening stages. Um, we were started on the opening stage, yeah. Isn't that funny how that happens on the Warp Tour? You yeah. yeah. Watch it over, the, over the whole summer, you can see it happen with certain bands. It's, it's crazy. I know, it's weird. I mean, I thought that, I mean, we were like destroying equipment too. Like, we were, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it was terrible. <laughs> Like I think I got a check for like fifteen thousand dollars, and I thought the world was my the world was set. I went and bought like two guitars for five thousand dollars, smashed one, <laughs> smashed one, broke it, 
I'm like, oh, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. It's it's totally broken. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's still never going to be fixed. Like, we just did so much stuff. Like, that, we were, like, on the stage. Like, Bert was throwing up. Like, Bert he was throwing so his hardcore he was climbing and, on yeah, stuff climbing and it was on, scary to watch jumping off the speaker stacks yeah. every single day <laughs> jumped off the speaker stack every single oh, maybe not the first warp tour second warp tour mm-hmm. every single day didn't hurt himself you know what I mean like back towards the crowd and then as soon as we go back on tour he steps off of a drum riser and breaks his foot like the most not his foot his like whole ankle right yeah he's got like a and it's like a like a two inch drum riser <laughs> like watching him doing death defying things every day and then just kind of that's how it is I guess yeah <laughs> the smallest thing i slammed the car door in my hand you mm-hmm. juggle fire <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly you step off a curb and bite your tongue off so from <laughs> so from so you got bert in the band and yeah. then uh, did it was it like immediate did you go oh wait this okay now we have a band was it you just knew oh, yeah. right then yeah we knew That's, right away and then did you Instant. start writing new songs or were it songs that you already had that you worked with bert <laughs> <clears throat> we started, started out, new yeah. songs really um the band we were in before that was like we had all these different styles. We had an identity crisis, and I think once we had Bert, we just knew that okay, here's our what we can do. We can do some hard stuff and all this. You know, we started. Um, Bert literally moved in with me two days later. Too, <laughs> he started living in my room, sleeping on my dirty clothes and stuff. <clears throat> like he would just sleep in my closet. I had just a big pile of dirty clothes that would somehow like fill up half of my room. <laughs> and um so he started staying sleeping in there with his girlfriend too she moved in <laughs> and um i just i was like you have to promise me you'll get a job so she went and immediately got a job as a waitress at a, a mexican restaurant mexican restaurant and then he never had a job for he saw i'd never seen him have a job <laughs> but, um except for at the snow shack he, i got him a job at the snow oh, shack oh yeah and he got arrested and then he got arrested <laughs> for what <laughs> First, um, they were the owners were across the street watching Bert uh, pull money out of the, you know, not put money in the till. So he'd charge, you know, Tiger's Blood, Tropicana Passion, or co- you know, whatever coconut fruit. That'll be twelve dollars. They don't measure out the syrup that you put in the ice. They don't measure the ice that you, you know. So it's like twelve dollars here, twelve dollars here. Yeah. You said they caught him with binoculars across the street. Yeah, they were across like, the street with binoculars. <laughs> like wow, stakeout. <laughs> Steak Twelve dollars you owe us. <laughs> yeah, These binoculars see. were sixty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But um, sorry, I keep going way off topic. But um, <laughs> have you heard the name of the podcast? Off topic, going off track. <laughs> Ooh, that's perfect. Actually, part of the deal. Yeah. So okay, go off on whatever like tangent, please. You want. I'm I'm fascinated with how you got the band together, and then um, I, I remember all of a sudden there were the used. It was even, like, I was living in California while I was working at VH1, and on Melrose, they would always have the giant billboards of bands. Uh-huh. And it was this band that just said the used, and to me, that just sounded like, oh, this band's been around a while. Oh, shit, I should, you know, I should check these guys out. <laughs> you know, because just the way it was marketed and put together, I was like, well, well done. Good, good for them. <laughs> Obviously, you know. And then I got the job uh, here in New York and met you dudes and watched the videos, and it was amazing. So from where... <laughs> From when you got Bert in the band to writing the songs, what was the process to get to the major? Did you put anything out independent-wise? We did a 10-song... Well, I we, mean, we yeah. did what you would call a local kind of release. Local EP. Yeah, like <laughs> something that we we just had at our shows. So we recorded some songs and then... Um, sorry to no, no, you're, take No, you'll say this better than I will. I stutter way too much. But we... Um, <laughs> So, like I said, from the beginning, like with the whole thing, is we had moved up to. I when I joined the band, the first thing is we're going to go and record, and we're going to work on this daycare, and we're going to have money, and we're going to take our demo out to L.A. and we're going to shop it. We had tried that. We had a tape though, so we were doing that. We were dropping, like literally going to Capitol Records and like setting the tape on the ground. You know, not being able, the security not letting us in. So we were like, this is pointless. But when we met John Feldman at a concert, he's the singer for Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. He. Um, we had seen that he had produced a couple bands, a band called Show Off, this band called Mest. And we were like, well, Mest. we should, yeah, you know, they pop punk kind of stuff that he he found easy to do, I think. But um, he, um, you know, he just expressed some interest, I guess. And some, for some reason, we gave him our demo and then he called us a couple mm-hmm. days later after he had it. and um, Or maybe it was a week later and he was in Norway or something. Yeah. And he called and he just said, hey, I think your guys' stuff's really good. It's really different. 
I think, you know, he's like, just do me a favor. Don't play any shows. Just keep working on songs. Keep recording songs. Don't even worry about playing a, a concert. He's like, you'll, you'll play plenty of shows. Which was easy because we kept getting kicked out of every venue yeah, that we, we played in. So it wasn't a big deal not to play yeah. shows. What got you kicked out? Um, uh, just the screaming. First oh, really? show we played, some kid got his front teeth knocked out. Very first show. Oh. Do you remember that? And it wasn't when we played. It was the band after, but uh, we got blamed for oh, it that's because right. we're the heavy, screamy band. <clears throat> so we just, yeah. So John kind of, that's Asmal. that's where the next, that's how the the ball got started, you know, or everything kind of started moving. So a quick sidebar about John Feldman. Uh-huh. For your third record, I think it was the <clears throat> Taste of Chaos tour, he had the record and he went, he said, hey, come listen to it. So I sat with headphones on, listening to the record, next to the producer, <laughs> which was the most unnerving experience. Oh, right. I mean, he would remember me from Adam, but I remember sitting there just going like, how am I supposed to react? I mean, I like the dudes, I like the band, I like the music, but you put up. I think I just waited for him to leave, and then I think I ran. That's probably what I would have done. Yeah, I got about eight songs in. <laughs> oh, man, Start I'm sorry you had to too. listen to No, it was, to it, was, it was just, it was just a... It's, you know, you never ex- expect to hear that from the producer. Like, here, hey, come listen to this. Dude, that's like how it was at AP all the time, though, and like bands would come in, like, we're going to play you the record, and the band's going to sit in the room. And I'm like, Aww. what are you guys doing in town? They're like, we flew in for this. Yeah. And I'm like, Weird, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You can't even really listen to it. You just have to try to look like you're listening to it. And that's what I never knew <laughs> what to do. I was like, I'm to nod my head, like tap my thumb. Like, I would just like <laughs> stare mm-hmm. at the ground. No. That's so Did you ever awkward, have to man. go to the label and listen to one where they said, we can't let the record go out? So I used to, to do, do it, it all the time. I won't do it anymore. Yeah. I had to do that with Blink-182's last, last record mm-hmm. of Blink-182. We had to go sit in a room. They had to shut the door and you had to sit there with someone in the label watching you. And I was like, why are you going to Because they don't trust you. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to steal it. Yeah. I was like, what or should you're I really do? really quick burn it under your yeah. phone I think I should just start jerking off. That would be, <laughs> that would have been awesome. Then they would leave the room. Have you done that at have the label? Have you done that? It's yeah. <laughs> a good it. response to it, right? It shows you really like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. This song is great. How'd you get Robert Smith on this? <laughs> oh, Excuse I, me one second. <laughs> I, I hate to keep harping on 2002. No. This might sound like a little music journalist-y, but I remember like the New York Times did this thing, the Summer Screamo. And it was like an article oh. about you and Thursday and all these bands that mm-hmm. are kind of were getting more popular. Mm-hmm. And I know those guys were really into like that first generation, like Orchid and like you and I and all these old, older Screamo bands. I mean, did you come from that world or did you just kind of like the aggression of it? I mean, what were you guys kind of listening to, I guess? Were you listening to a lot of heavy music? Right at that time, uh-huh. I had just discovered, I had just really discovered like, the Discord bands like Jawbox and Burning Airlines and, uh, you know... Name another Jay Robbins band. Uh, well... <laughs> That's um, tough. Uh, <laughs> Transpaghetti. Is that another one? It sounds like it could be one. It could be a Jay Robbins band. Yeah, Transpaghetti. <laughs> New Transit Direction. Um, but yeah, some of those bands. And then um, Bert had shown me, you know, like... Um, um, Ink and Daggers. God, like all. <laughs> all this hardcore music I never even heard of. Like Handsome and... Yeah. Um, I would say we didn't come from that world at all. Yeah, because I never, I always got the vibe that you guys kind of came from somewhere else, but kind of yeah. just fit into that scene as well. But you guys, I don't know. I was always curious where. You yeah, came you from. know, like Thursday's record. That was a, that was a big record for me. That was before we even started the band. Is when I got you know the Thursday album, and I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. So you can blame them for, if you hate us. You can blame you can blame Thursday for that. When did you start playing guitar? Um. 15 when i was 15 okay. i got a late start but i played drums until then oh, I know my dad that. was a drummer so i just kind of kicked around in the garage on the drums and then started i stole my little brother's guitar pretty much <laughs> if it's your little brother you just took what was rightfully yours yeah, yeah that's, that's how it exactly works, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. little brother gets luigi yeah <laughs> <laughs> what got you into guitar um on boredom and just i I guess I kind of just wanted something different to do, and I was, like, really into, um, this is just sad, but I was, like, really into magic. I was really into magic tricks and, like, putting on, making little little shows, little skits, little... This is not Like, sad. stuff, little game shows. <laughs> there and, are careers in Vegas made on this. Oh, I know. Very true. But, um, so I, yeah, I was, like, just, I don't know, just obsession with anything and anything. It was, like, it went from, like, chess to karate to, like, arts and crafts to... Doing hosting a game show to doing magic to doing go back one playing guitar. 
hosting a game show. <laughs> right. I knew it. The price is right. That yeah, was you. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, right. Get, right. What would inspire someone as a teenager to host a game show? <laughs> Honestly, watching TV, man. <laughs> I've auditioned for game shows, and I have friends who do it. It's the hardest fucking hosting job there is. Really? Yeah, I it makes it makes sports that. look like a walk in the park. It is so damn hard to do. I've auditioned for it and walked out like I hope I don't get that. Uh-huh. That's a lot of work. Wow. Yeah. But the only the cool thing is you do them all in a day. Yeah. So you work for like two days. Oh really? Yeah. My friend did, or they spread it out over weeks. A buddy of mine did a game show for the Game Show Network. Weird. <laughs> um, where he did, uh, I think, thirty six episodes in three weeks. Which is unheard of. Wow. Really hard. That's growing an audience is doing the whole thing. So that's really amazing. It's like four So obviously from game show guitar. And was there was there was there music that, <laughs> that inspired you to be a guitar player? <laughs> I I wasn't like set on being a game show host. Let me just say that though. I mean I was just sort of obsessed with like television and production and mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Just Oh production's little, different. That's where yeah, all you know, fun stuff happens. Like just making up little skits and stuff. Um I would like but yeah, I don't know. The guitar just sort of hand, got hand, came into you know to my life because I just started like listening to Oasis, and this is when music first started happening for me. Is like I got you know an Oasis CD, Nirvana, Rage Against the Machine, all these like early ninety. At that point, I was hearing all that stuff, and I I could sit on the drums. I knew I could play that stuff if I wanted to, but I I wanted to like sit there and learn how the chords worked. So I just started doing that and um yeah i don't know so no lessons at all just straight up by ear i took lessons for like a month and i i just didn't like it yeah it was like finger style richard marks kind of stuff james <laughs> taylor stuff i remember when we met quinn the first thing we were so excited about we're like yeah you can even play the skinnerd solo <laughs> you can play the freebird solo yeah it was like no the first way. thing you jam for so, us we're like whoa <laughs> I used to go to the media to the bookstore. This is before the internet before we had internet. I'd go to the bookstore and I'd get a disposable camera and I'd op- flip it up into the solo on a pay on a certain part that I liked because I couldn't I could take a picture of the chords and I could figure out the chords but to like figure out the solo would take a long time so I would take a disposable camera and I'd photograph the music out of the book. <laughs> You know, so I wouldn't have to buy the book. So I'd get all the solos <laughs> for like four, so five, and I'd go hilarious. and develop the film and sit there and be like, it's like blurry, you know, like fifteen, oh, fourteen, man. trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's just pathetic, man. But Did you know. come from a musical family? I mean, were there instruments around? Because I feel like I could never play the Skinner solo, no matter how much I practiced. Mm. But I feel like people who can do that kind of stuff are like, oh yeah, like my dad could do it. And you're like, yeah, of course he can do it. <laughs> my dad's a drummer. Okay. Um, mostly and but all all around just like musician he's a machinist at, though and he's so he's like he's kind of got like the artsy mind and the science mind you know kind of combined so i don't know i guess growing up he was he was sort of there he would always just tell me he's like he's like now you know he'd hear me trying to work on something he'd be like play it like you're not trying to play it you know don't, don't you know or give me these little insights and stuff like that but um not not too often though. I just sort of something I had to work on and compound over time. Especially not having um, lessons, I think that held me back. But I don't know. That's the thing is, I'm not really a good guitar player at all. Like I'll sit down and like people that are like, you know, just that I've just met or some, they'll pick up guitar and start doing awesome stuff like playing some weird folky, badass blues stuff, the jazzy, funky New Orleans things and. I'm just like, no, nah, it's not it's not how it works for me. Like I'm I'm more or less I'm sort of augmentative to other people's um interactions too. Like if there's a bass you know, drums and bass going on, I feel like I can kind of bring in something cool or add something to it. Like I don't really feel like I'm a guitar player. I play I the guitar. I think it's a question of style and I think right there you yeah, defined yeah. how a band works. When yeah. you go hear a band at least me. I don't want to hear the guitar player. And by, and I'll say right now, yeah. I'm not a fan of Led Zeppelin. Judge me however you Whoa. want. But I'm not. And because it's all about one guy or the other in the band. It's not For about sure. the band. And that's what mm-hmm. bothers me. Because there are some songs that are really awesome. And if you can put Gollum in anything, I'm usually a fan. But... <laughs> <laughs> for some reason it was all it's all about this that or the other thing or die 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 and i just i just wasn't into it so uh that kind of sums up your band is cohesion more so than you know uh-huh separation well, that stuff isn't practical too like i feel like there's always those dudes who can do all those arpeggios and sweet picking it's mm-hmm. like when like 
Yeah, when are you going to do that? Yeah, when are you going to do that? Aside from when you're at Guitar Center trying out a guitar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're yeah. Ingve, you it's do true. it now. Yeah, but that's like there's like four people that like have made money doing that probably. And that's not that cool. It gets old. It's yeah. like you're hearing, okay, cool, he can solo over the entire song. And it's yeah. so awesome, but where are any of the songs? Exactly. So yeah, abilities are I think everything. Quinn's amazing. He's my favorite guitar player. <laughs> so, so you guys went to the same high school, but you'd graduated before Quinn? Yeah, like um, I was leaving when he was joining. Got so. It. Fair enough. Yeah. We just never really met in high school. Now, were you playing music in high school? I was playing bass in high school. When did you start bass? 17. Okay. I'd, same thing. I never had lessons. No. My dad played bass as a kid, but then his finger got cut off, so he stopped. <laughs> and my grandparents always had an organ at their house that they would I would mess with growing up, and I would always have little Casio keyboards, so I was always, like, wanting to learn to play music and wanting to do it, but it's just that, like... No brothers or sister know how, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Nobody else played music, so it took me a while to get into it. So How'd you figure it out? How'd you crack the bass code? I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's what it took. <laughs> yeah. Saving That's the up secret forever. to learning bass. Owning one. You, yeah. you used to park in the handicapped spots, remember? You just leave your bass in the front seat. <laughs> <laughs> I still use that. I still do that. Works. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> you can in the carpool lane. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, there's Great. no drummer in the room, so you're. you're I know. So I'm by default. It's, it's, yeah. You're right. Only musicians. Yep. No drummers. Oh, drummer jokes. Oh, like drummers. Do you do music? Or are you playing? Music? I do. I'm playing actually in a band with Jeff from Thursday now. Oh, okay, the United cool. Nations. We just awesome. did. Oh, you were in that. shows last week. Yeah. Awesome, dude. They're, Jeff's such a good dude, man. Jeff's awesome. Yeah, Great. Jeff's an awesome guy. We were there at their last show out there in in Australia. Oh, Thursday that's right. Yeah. How was that? Awesome. It was cool. Yeah. Was, yeah. I have a, about 500 pictures from it. Really? Yeah. I took some awesome pictures. And yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy afterwards. Everybody was, started crying. <laughs> yeah, that had to be yeah. emotional. Last show. It was, it was, what was it, 15 years? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, like 10 or 15 years. It was a while. Yeah, that's crazy. It didn't sink in until like 10 minutes after the show, you know, and everyone's like, that was it. Yeah. You know, for now or for whatever, you know. Tell yeah, me. how how bands do it. Yeah, <laughs> but it was still it was cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I feel like you guys were a part of this thing together. That seems like it was so long ago, like, mm-hmm. but was so important. I feel like I know, and I feel like bands, the bands that are popular now, I'm like, man, that shit was so much better ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to be that way. I know years, it's always going to be that way, but I, like, I, I hate me. to say that, but it's like it's so like. When I see the old school bands on the Warped Tour now and they're like taking back Sunday, it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we were out there this summer, we, we we could finally, you know, the competition was is gone. You know, there's no like, you know, there's none of the who swings the microphone harder, right, you know, right. jokes or <laughs> who's on MTV more and right, who's yeah. a bigger sellout or anything like that. Now we're looking at each other like we're old and we're like, we're the, like now we're no effects in bad religion right totally. here. Religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this yeah. has really happened in this yeah. short of time. You know, it seems like just... Well, it's weird. All these bands weird. nowadays kind of, I mean, nowadays, blah, 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 when I was younger, blah, 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 you know what I mean? But all these bands kind of are so similar in so many ways now, you know what I mean? All these like... Mm-hmm. <sighs> like singy screamy singy screamy like super breakdown it's and it's cool and i'm not talking shit but yeah, but i'm sure there was someone back then going oh these bands are thursdays and the used that's and what i'm thinking you know what i mean they, yeah, sure. that's what i was trying it, to it's everyone's hearing back in the day something but then you think about how many bit the, the key to it is you're still around you know what i mean like i mean thursday to end you know was a decision on their part to do so it's keep playing you know, mm-hmm. like, like it's, it's, you're mm-hmm. still there for someone to go, Oh, remember them 10 years ago instead of what happened to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it's the fact that Warped Tour is still going on and they're, I mean, if yeah. bad religion does it, I mean, they'll, they'll still do it. They did it when they're, you know, all in their late forties, you know, early fifties. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that there's that venue for that. There was years ago, they were yeah. going to start like, um, I think Kevin was thinking of doing a, a, a making that a separate tour, the old school Warped. Whoa. I don't think, I don't think. A lot of people would go to that. I would go, and you yeah. would go, but I think, to me, it seems like they're t- trying to do less of that, because I feel like those bands... It's hard for them to get together. They yeah. had that old school stage for a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's surprising to me. When I was just out on Warp Tour, I mean, I'm going out, go out into the audience, and I hear just, I don't know what I'm listening to that's coming out of the speakers. I mean, 
I would like it if that, if if it was likable. If I could like it, I would have liked it. Right. And I'm looking, and there's like three thousand kids just going off, you know. And it's like all of a sudden, middle of the song, it's you know one style, and then it just goes straight up yeah. into a stereo exactly. sounding like. <laughs> and everyone's, it's like every now everyone clap, and we're gonna sweep our hair six times. And, yes. You know, and then the next band comes up, and they're same thing, and they've got a name like, you know, Verb the, now. Verb the Bear. <laughs> The sickest dudes forever, and you know, <clears throat> yeah, it does. And I'm seem- just kind of wondering, you know, like like you, but like you're saying, you know, people might. I look at that and I go, oh, all these bands, you know, or we look at that. <clears throat> Ten years ago, people might have looked at the used or Thursday, whatever, and been like, oh, this this sorry. crap all sounds the same, you know. But but you guys I had would- air, but you guys had airplay. That's the difference between. I guess so. But I wonder if it's like it. has to do with like a younger generation and technology mm-hmm. and just OCD and it's like they need something different, something that the song has to mm-hmm. change seven times, like because they're always yeah. like. Sure. I feel like maybe it has something to do with that. Yeah, I think strictly genre based, like mono, you know, just one thing is is gone because you can go, you know, when you're out on, especially out on Warped Tour, you look and the kids got like high top Nikes, spike belt. Torn up Levi's, a Letterman jacket with a you know cowboy hat that has Slim Jim. (laughs) (laughs) You're like so you know I think all those kind of genre things are starting to meld meld. You grew up I mean you're you're you know you grew up a little before us too. (laughs) Yeah, but when music actually seemed to have like a it's I think it's been that way awesome. all the time. You know I look at Brad Brad and I (laughs) (laughs) we've got a four in front of our. Second digit. It, it was always worse. Yeah. I mean, it was always better. It's always better. It was always worse. And you always felt like, <laughs> you always felt like you were on, it's like you, you always felt like you missed out on the cool to hear other people talk. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like growing up in Virginia, um, like I remember when Fugazi started. I remember people talking about it. I didn't go see him till like 92. You know, I wasn't cool enough. My friends went, but I didn't figure it out, you know? And so there's people then going, oh, that was the, that was the show, you know. That was mm-hmm. that was the way well, to see. You know, it. I mean, there's something to be said for the beginning of any scene. It's yeah. always going to be fresher, and it always and the mm-hmm. music does definitely like get more generic, especially within sort of like. I mean, you look at and screamo or emo or any like kind of more specific genre. I feel like the for, the longer it goes on, the more the bands sound the same mm-hmm. until people forget about it, and then somebody uses that type of music as like inspiration to go off and do you know, something else, like synth-based emo or I don't know. But It fuses itself. It fuses. But also, the other thing you're really not thinking about is the fact that music is always going to sound better and mean more the more hormones you have in your bloodstream. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. So, so, awesome. so your record came true. out, so we're talking about 2002. That's true. And uh, that's when I first met you guys. My hormones were raging in a mm. Raging. Yeah. Mine guys, too. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> had blonde hair. Oh, <laughs> so did I when I met you guys. You um, did? Oh, yeah. I had like three different colors in my hair. It was ridiculous. Cute. Um, <laughs> it was the opposite of that. It was called tacky and I was 30. I'm like, I'm still, I'm still with it. <laughs> Um, so kids born when your first record comes out, they're now 11. So they're now listening to bands. And again, like you're saying, their hormones are raging. Their ears haven't been on the planet long enough. They're still, their decibels, they can hear that we no longer can <laughs> due to age, mm-hmm. you know, that they're hearing something. But I, I talk about this a lot. Like the first time I got into music, I was 14 and Bon Jovi was the be all fucking end all. Mm-hmm. Like that was it. And Cinderella opening up. Oh my oh, yeah. God. That's awesome. That was mm-hmm. it. You know, and then someone introduced me to Minor Threat and my brain went, oh no, that, that's what you like. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until then. It's just kind of how would you, like you said, Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's where, yeah. your, that, that's where your brain needed to head. And that's what felt comfortable to you. And obviously mm-hmm. you become part of the scene. The name of the band, The Used, one of those names where I'm like, what a great name. How the hell did no one before get that name? Yeah. Actually. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there was a band from Boston. Oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah, there was a band called Used. Used. It, there's, so we picked, the, we picked Used. It was originally just Used, U-S-E-D. You know what I mean? And um, <laughs> So we finally get signed, right, whatever. But right before, right, like the agreement of getting signed, we found this other band in Boston. That had like it was a what was it mp3.com that we were yeah it was just really back in the day but they they had already taken there they had the name trademarked or something something like that, like that. so they mm-hmm. were they were had all five 
five followers. How many followers did they have? Five hundred, maybe. Yeah, and I don't we had remember. like ten thousand hits on our thing. You know what I mean? It was like ridiculous already, and we weren't like really signed yet. And it was like, no, we're not. They sound like corn. We're not going to give them the name. They can't have the name. It's our name. Like no, no amount of money will get the name. And yeah, we figured that one out in about three or four minutes. Where are they now? <laughs> <laughs> like, how about ten thousand dollars? They're like, <clears throat> well. Extreme, there was a band called Extreme when Extreme had their song, so we're gonna hold out. And then, like, they called back like within five minutes. <laughs> you guys, and they're like, We'll the, take the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to use. Oh, wait, I thought we were having the Boston band on the podcast today. Oh, you oh. Could? that'd be awesome. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. waiting outside yeah. brass knuckles. Like, yeah. yeah, remember that? <laughs> Maybe there's a chick in that band. <laughs> <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> that would make your day. Uh, that's a little inside joke. <laughs> so I had a question about like one of not my not anything to do with you. Uh, not I know. Band. No, I, I <laughs> one of my favorite bird stories is one year we were on warp tour and he had just gotten diagnosed with that pancreas thing where he wasn't supposed to drink. Oh yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh I saw him the next day and he was drinking a beer and I was like, dude, aren't you supposed to not be drinking? He was like this is a light beer. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think that's the way it works. I mean, what's it like? Mm. I mean, obviously he's doing great now, but like, were there moments where you had to like babysit or was it hard to have that kind of an element? I mean, like, I'm sure you could talk about this for six hours, <laughs> but I mean, what was that kind of dynamic like, I guess, especially maybe during like those times? Um, it was a lot of, you know, I, I think I developed a huge complex with, you know, being passive and having anxiety a lot of anxiety just knowing that Bert's going to do something he's going to come in the room and he's going to embarrass himself and me and I'm going to be the one to apologize he's going to not listen to someone and speak over them and completely misguide the entire conversation that's happening you know just all these things and and I'm like but he's the you know he's Bert he's the one that everyone wants anyway you know so that I had to kind of get over but then I mean in time um, there was a lot of embarrassing situations, like a lot, some, you know, some pretty bad stuff. And I mean, I've straight up told Bert, I'm like, you know, you're a fuck up. You're fucking your life up completely. You're so talented and you're, you're, you're just, I can't deal with it anymore. I just can't, can't deal with this shit. Like, I mean, he was, it was bad. Like, I mean, we couldn't get on this plane. Like, this is just, That's you know, last year. Like, we couldn't... We were at the airport, and he was just, like, passed out in the, you know, in the restaurant. Um, Falling constantly. Spilling, you know, finishing his drink down to, like, the very last drop, and then spilling his drink, breaking everything, you know, and then saying, I want another drink. I spilled my drink. You know, and they'd bring him out, these other drinks, and we were, like, just... I remember literally standing on on sitting on the plane and I look up the aisle and there's two of the pilots and the two stewardesses or whatever and they're trying to pull him out of his seat and he won't get out cuz he's so drunk that they're like you can't fly and we're supposed to go to Europe to start a tour I'm just like I stand up I'm like getting my bag out and you know Dan's yeah. there and he's like dude just chill out man just chill out I'm like I'm sick of this I'm like it's me or the band or it's this has to end you know so I don't know kind of going into it the alcohol and that really set bird off on on a bad path and then he had defensive defenses about it he would be like i need to drink or i you know my pancreatitis like he, he would say that drinking was good for him but just not a lot of drinking and sounds you know, like you knew what you were getting into at the beginning if bird had this mm-hmm. reputation when you wanted him to be in the band and then you drove him to rehab yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds well like said. from day one you know you're you're signing that contract pretty early on you know so it's but it's hard you know because mm-hmm. you know there's that old saying you know especially for people in recovery you know it's how many times you're going to stick your hand in that fire and think you're not going to get burned mm-hmm. Bert so, is a very addictive personality in general like you he's think? always addicted to something you know what mm-hmm. i mean like right now he's addicted to books and all he's, he's re- like he'll knock out 500 pages a night like yeah, just, like just casually amazing. yeah like wow. just it's weird I mean, read every stephen king book in I, like a month like something ridiculous like he's even he's tommy like, knockers like why half, yeah i think yeah. he's read about half of them in the last month yeah. in like wow. two months he's read the entire charles dickens you know tom sawyer huck finn the other night to, uh david copperfield he's just reading like always reading always reading 
which is great is great yeah, which is great. it's a good addiction you know i think words are his most uh you know those are his most valuable weapon like he's he's able to write better than anyone i've ever met i mean is he, the, is he always been read. responsible for lyrics for the band yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. great and even now, it's just even better. He's like, oh, this is a short story I read. And he's like, you know, I see it on my email, and it's, you know, 15, 20 pages long. I'm just like, this is, this is cool, you know? So, so there is hope. I want to change gears to just a funny story. And I, I say funny in hopes that it ends up sounding funny. So there was a tour that you guys came up with, if I'm correct, the Taste of Chaos tour. This was your brainchild, am I mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so the first time we did this tour, it was you guys and a static lullaby and a smaller band, My Chemical Romance, was just coming out. And My Chemical Romance was doing a photo shoot. And a member of your band jumped out into the photo shoot wearing nothing but a pineapple. I'm not sure that was really. And I snapped a photo of this. (laughs) And this photo made it around the world and was actually showed up in a magazine in Australia. Really? From my little digital camera. Jeff, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> and it was, I think we had Fuse put it up on the website. It went up on MySpace. Page. Should have been a pineapple ad. It yeah, should have. Dole, Dole Pineapple <laughs> wanted to hire you. I'm still sponsored by no. Dole. They sent me on tour. Yeah. Nice. Do, you, do, you, do you remember the interview with Mike Cam? What was going on? Not really. I, it was just supposed to be making fun of them a little bit because you guys were talking and it was going on. And I was just going to walk from our bus to their bus naked just to be like, just to divert the, whatever seriousness was going on, so everything was like shocked. You know what I mean? And then I ran onto their bus, and Bob, our old sound guy, their drummer, mm-hmm. was trying to kick me off. And there was nothing to grab but that pineapple. That was the only object in sight. It was like that or nothing. So it was like fuck. <laughs> but then the best part was you stayed for the interview, but nobody referenced it. Oh yeah, you're right. No, well, you just right. stood there, and the interview continued with you just standing there holding a pineapple. I didn't see. I don't yeah. think I ever got to watch the full oh. thing. I just, you know, saw it online. Really, really saw the full cool thing clips. either. Actually, I remember also when we were in LA together, and you guys were there for some AP thing, and you guys were like in a hot tub that was in a limo or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that was Jeff that and Bird. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We just want to look like real gangsters, you know. If you set that <laughs> up and paid for that, that was amazing. Gosh, Crystal, yeah. we had like. Yeah, it was <laughs> G-strings. G-strings. Yeah, I had a little red bikini on. Mankini, sorry. So you're very comfortable with your body. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Has the teabag tattoo worn off or is it still there? Oh, it wore off when I got it. It was one of the one of those things you won't really realize how much that area of your body rubs against the front of your pants. Brad, let me ask you, if you were gonna where would the funniest place you think would be to get a teabag tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> Because what you're on your thinking. Forehead. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Where's the dumbest place? You get a tattoo? It's the most ironically yeah. ridiculous uh, place. But the, there's the thing about that. When I heard about this tattoo, Jeff, um, I was like, <laughs> let me see it. And this is how you showed it to me. He just reaches in and pulls it out. I mean, you know. The tea bag. <laughs> the tea bag. But, like, for me to reach in and pull a thing out involves some, like, some casual movement. It was just, here you go. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't wear very tight pants. <laughs> well, waist-wise tight yes. pants. Yeah, so. I think you pulled them out of the zipper, or you have before. You're like, yeah. hey. It's easier sometimes to pull them out of the zipper. <laughs> yeah. Then you got to watch for the, you know, the bitey marks. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> There's teeth. Bitey marks. marks. Write that down as a possible band name. Bitey marks. I like that. That's good. <laughs> Couldn't be black metal. It has yep. to be pop, though. Bitey marks. Bitey marks is always Vampire pop. pop. Ooh, bitey marks. <laughs> Vampire pop. Oh, God. They will probably be on Pop-pire. Warped Tour next year. They will. <laughs> yeah. oh, there you go, Jeff and Quinn, two great dudes, talked a lot about stuff. No, I can't do that. <laughs> I so, do this all the time. You can do it. Let's see. Um, can we just go completely off topic? Forget about what we just did. Okay. What do you want to talk about? This must be something. Yeah, we, all we don't have to shit. recap what we talked no. about. I mean, it doesn't matter. Jeff and Quint, good dudes on tour right now. If you've never gone to the Take Action Tour, they do it every year. It always supports a great cause. Uh, it changes every year. Am I right with that? I think so. It's been going on for a while yeah, now, it's huh? Like, it's, it's not approaching warped status, but it's been going on for a few years. Because when I worked at AP, we used to do the programs for it. And that was right. probably like 10 years ago. God, it's been going on a long time. So it's a very cool, very positive thing. Check out the years. Their new record's coming out. Um, if you like going off track, go to facebook.com slash going off track um also we have an amazing website that we put all kinds of people's cool pictures on right now 
If you haven't heard the Fred Armisen episode yet, go listen to that. That was a lot of fun. Yes, the Fred Armisen episode was fun. Did he say it was fun? Yeah, he actually uh, hit me up because he wanted to hear it, and he listened to it and said he thought it was really cool. Dude, I always... That's awesome. I always get nervous about that after the fact. Even though you know you're having a good time and you're hanging out with everybody, and I am my own worst critic, so I'm always thinking... Like, whenever I listen back to it, I always think, God, cut that dude out. Oh, that's me. Mm. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. But, um, no. It, Fred dug it. Fred dug it. But he's also, like, the nicest, most easygoing guy in the world. He, so, I think it's... And Prolandia is killing it right now. So funny. It shows so ridiculously good. Um, next week on Going Off Track, more of this. <laughs> <laughs> 